Well, thank God WrestleMania Backlash ended because I got to tell you, I think it mostly sucked. The main event was good. Roman Reigns Cesaro was good, even though we all knew the outcome. We all knew who was going to win the match and who was going to remain as universal champion. But what a, what a crappy show. This is the instant reaction to WrestleMania Backlash. I should start with the name. The name sucks. I mean, Backlash was a fine pay-per-view name for many, many years. It worked. You didn't need to explain it. We all knew what the backlash was too. It was backlash to WrestleMania. It was very self-explanatory. But for some reason in 2021, I think they feel like we're all a bunch of morons. And maybe we are because we still watch the product. (laughs) Ah. So let's call it WrestleMania backlash. Let's explain that this is the backlash to WrestleMania. We know it's the first big event after WrestleMania. So that annoyed me the entire night. I mean, that's you know annoyed me since they announced it. I just think it's a really, really bad name. But what really, I think, put the extra stank on this show was how it ended. You ended a big event with a mid-card feud being rekindled, basically, between Seth Rollins and Cesaro. There was no advancement of Roman Reigns, who's far and away the most appealing character and the most interesting thing going on in pro wrestling. Uh, The WWE, I should say. I don't want to bring AEW into it. So Roman wins, great, walks off. And then it's about everybody beating the crap out of Cesaro, especially Seth Rollins. Yeah, they fought at WrestleMania, great. Seth Rollins coming out in the oddest oddest suit jacket you'll ever see i couldn't get over it in fact the entire time he was beating up cesaro i was just staring at his jacket which i guess the gimmick on his jacket is that a bunch of paint fell all over it and so that's what they're going with seth rollins was playing around and just ink went everywhere i guess and then he's screaming at cesaro no one makes a mockery of me do you see what you're wearing bro I don't like this version of Seth Rollins. We've had a lot of different versions of Seth Rollins. And I didn't think that the religious cult leader Seth Rollins was one of the best. But I got to tell you, I think I liked him better than Joker Seth Rollins or whatever the hell version this is. But you have two main championships. You have the WWE Championship and you have the Universal Championship. We don't have separated pay-per-views anymore. We have one big super card, if you want to call it that basically every six weeks. And yet, the lasting image of this event is a mid-card feud because that's all it is. Look, the match was fine. In fact, the match was very, very good. I thought it was booked well. It made Cesaro look strong. There were a lot of close false finishes, even though, again, you never thought Cesaro would win. They're playing up the underdog storyline, which they've done a lot over the last few years, whether it's Kofi Kingston or it's Daniel Bryan. They're trying to run the same thing with Cesaro. And Cesaro is a guy that deserves a big break. I think most wrestling fans, uh, we've enjoyed his work over the last decade. But nobody in their right mind thought he was getting his big break at WrestleMania backlash against Roman Reigns. But the match was fine. And I thought the ending of the match was fine. And you could have just ended it there. You could have said, hey, here is the most dominant champion we've seen in a long time, Roman Reigns. And he really is. When you look at the way he's booked, when you look at the longevity of the title reign, it blows away Brock Lesnar's long title reigns because Brock barely fought. (laughs) 
You know, Roman at least is main eventing basically every pay-per-view. So when you think about title runs over the last few years, and, and they've made title runs last a lot longer. You know, AJ Styles had a championship run that lasted almost a year. I mean, it was a long, long run that he had. And obviously we mentioned Brock having long runs. When you look at the length of this run, which it's not quite out a year yet, because didn't he, I think he won it right after SummerSlam, right? So he'll get to a year, but it's a long run. He's won a lot of matches. He's main event at a WrestleMania. And for the most part, they've booked him in a dominant way. Now, the caliber of his opponents, that's a different story. And I think a part of that is the roster problem. I mean, look at who he's been available to feud with over the last eight months. Jey Uso, who now becomes, you know, his lackey. Kevin Owens, Daniel Bryan, sort of edge in that whole triple threat. Cesaro. I don't know if I'm forgetting anybody. I mean, that's basically all his feuds since he's become champion. But the match, the, the match was fine. It, I guess it's just that there was no drama in terms of who's going to win. So I guess that's the only negative you could have. I thought there was more drama in the Lashley-McIntyre-Strowman match, which I'll get to in a minute, even though I, I was confident Bobby Lashley would win. But I think with Roman, he's going to be champion for a long time. And I think when he loses the championship, we're going to see it coming because it will be somebody worthy of it. And right now, there's nobody worthy of it. I mean, I look down the pipe, and you look at this roster, and you've got a question if there's anybody on this roster... <laughs> worthy of it on Raw or SmackDown and who that guy would be. It's probably somebody we're not thinking of, uh, not because they're not on the roster, not because it's going to be the dream match of The Rock, but because it's going to be somebody they build up that right now doesn't look like he's anywhere near being built up. I mean, it could be a completely different version of Seth Rollins. Not the Seth Rollins we saw tonight, but nine months from now, it could be a newly minted face Seth Rollins. So, the match was fine. Good match. By the way, does anybody buy the 39 title match record they kept saying for Roman Reigns that he's had 39 title matches? I would guess it's more. Now, I am not bored enough, and the sports season is not slow enough, and I am not, you know, geeky enough, though I am pretty geeky, to research it. But I got to tell you, when they kept saying Roman Reigns has had 39 title matches, Cesaro's had none, I really wanted to fact check it. It's like when Craig tells me something, and I'm like, I don't think that's right. I got to Google that. I did have an urge to Google the Roman Reigns 39 title matches and the Cesaro zero title matches. As far as the rest of the card, let me get to the rest of the card. Then I'll get to Lashley, Strowman, McIntyre, and a bunch of other things I want to get to, including the future of Daniel Bryan and missing live crowds. Uh, the Rhea Ripley Oscar Charlotte Flair match was that was fine. I mean, you knew Ripley was going to retain the title. I can't get over Charlotte's new look. What is her new look? I, I can't even. If you ask me what Charlotte Flair's new look, I couldn't answer it. All I know is that she looks different. But Ripley pinning Oscar not a surprise. They're going to keep Charlotte looking strong, and we'll get a Rhea Ripley Charlotte Flair feud probably for a few months. Uh, the Mysterios beating Dolph Ziggler and Robbie Roode. Yuck. I mean, what? Do we, do we really need this? Do we really need the Mysterios as tag team champions? And Dominic Mysterio's frog splash 
which I forget which broadcaster described it as the most beautiful frog splash he's ever done. He literally fell off the top rope. It was no frog splash. He just fell on him. Poor Bobby Roode and poor Dolph Ziggler. And of course, they got to add the extra drama of, oh my God, Dominic's not going to be able to fight. It's two on one. You knew he was coming back. The best part of that match was afterwards when they won, again, one of the announcers, because they all suck, which I'll also get to in a bit, said Eddie Guerrero must be applauding from heaven. First of all, Eddie Guerrero is probably saying from heaven, that's my son. Because didn't he claim that during one of those weird, weird gimmicks? Wasn't there a Dominic Mysterio on a pole match at SummerSlam? The thing that everybody thought sucked from this event I mean, I'm not going to belabor it because I'm sure it's obvious, was the Damian Priest-Miz-Lumberjack zombie match. I mean, what are we doing? Why are there zombies in this match? Oh, wait, wait. I know why there are zombies in this match. Because Army of the Dead, the new movie Batista's in, clearly sponsored this entire event. That's why Batista was narrating the Open. Not because Batista's this WWE legend, which he is, but because they sold their soul to this dopey movie that I would never watch. I'm sure a lot of people listening probably think it looks good. The zombie thing doesn't do it for me. So when you throw the zombies in as lumberjacks in a lumberjack match, I mean, I got nothing. I'm sure Damian Priest is a hell of a wrestler. A lot of people who watch uh, NXT tell me, oh, he's great. I couldn't watch that crap. That was so bad. And they should be thrilled there wasn't a live crowd because I'm sure they would have booted. Bianca Belair against Bailey, that finish had to have been a botch with the hair. I get what they were going for, and I think it was creative, and I'm all for using her hair as part of a match because Bailey was using it as a weapon, and then Bianca Belair was, I guess, supposed to use it to help pin Bailey, but she lost the grip on her hair. So that seemed like a real botch at the end of that SmackDown women's title match. As far as the triple threat match is concerned, Braun Strowman is a waste of space. And as soon as they booked Strowman in this feud, you knew what it meant. It meant we want to keep the belt on Bobby Lashley, but we can't have McIntyre taking another pin. That's exactly what it meant. Because McIntyre lost at WrestleMania, and he's rarely lost over the last year. And I don't think they wanted him to lose again. They didn't want, you know, Lashley beating McIntyre pay-per-view after pay-per-view the way uh, Batista beat Triple H in three straight pay-per-views. I only made that reference because Batista, you know, Batista was basically a part of the event. So if that's the case, and I think it's clear that was the case, that they used Braun Strowman as this just piece of waste to take the pinfall from Lashley, what next for McIntyre? Unless the plan, and maybe it is the case at the Hell in a Cell, which is, I guess, the next event coming up on June 20th, would be for Drew to take back the title. And here's what I'm thinking with that, and this is all connected. I can't be the only one that watched this event tonight. Backlash WrestleMania. Oh, no, I got it backwards. WrestleMania Backlash. And said to themselves, dude, we are done with the fake crowd. You know, we are done with the Thunderdome. And I think why I feel much more strongly about that today than I ever have during the course of the pandemic is we're watching sporting events with crowds. You know, it's not full crowds. I get it. 
But we are watching every sporting event in every state, in every city, with a crowd. And as the playoffs go on, with the NHL playoffs beginning over the weekend and the NBA playoffs beginning next weekend, we're going to see the crowds grow and grow and grow. We are watching baseball games where there are crowds. And obviously, it's different in size based on the city, and I understand that. And we're also coming off a WrestleMania with a crowd. And so where I think the WWE has failed, and I, and I understand there are logistics to this, there's safety protocols to it, I get all that. But where they have failed from an entertainment standpoint is that they gave us WrestleMania with a crowd. We are all watching sports with a crowd. To go back to your first big event after WrestleMania, and I know Raw and SmackDowns have been this way, and I think it's hurt Raw and SmackDown, but I'm talking big event. And to give us the same Thunderdome thing we've seen over the last year is a major, major letdown. Look, the Thunderdome served its purpose. It was very creative, and it got the job done. But it feels faker than ever. It feels worse than ever. Because again, we're watching sporting events with crowds. We just watched WrestleMania with a crowd. And even though it was limited, it we felt it. We felt a live wrestling crowd again. So look, I haven't been checking it out every other day to know what their plans are. But as somebody that's watched Raw and SmackDown very casually over the last few weeks, mostly because the product sucks and also because there's so much sports going on. And I've always said that. Raw and SmackDown have been shows at times when the product isn't good and when there's a lot of sports going on where I'll go through it real quick. I'll always DVR it. I always have. I'll go through it quick. I'll have an idea what the angles are, but I'm not going to watch every second. And I think what's really, really hurting the product right now is the lack of crowds. I really do. I think it's hurting it more than it ever has. Because early on in the pandemic, we, we got it. We understood it. We knew they had to do it. But now they don't. That's the bottom line. So I, I think I felt this way pretty strongly tonight. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. They have to get live crowds back. Because we also need to see what the people really think. You know, I've been saying for a year, not quite a year, but for months now, Roman Reigns is awesome. That he is the best thing going in the WWE. I am dying. And I know we got a, a little hint of it at WrestleMania, but I'm dying to hear it every night on Raw. Or I'm sorry, every night on SmackDown, he's not on Raw. But you know what I mean. Every pay-per-view, when he closes an event, destroying an opponent. And we don't have that. Instead, we've got canned This Is Awesome chants. It ain't that awesome. Trust me. They shouldn't be chanting this is awesome for a freaking suplex. All right, a couple of thoughts on Daniel Bryan. I want Daniel Bryan to leave. I love Daniel Bryan. I think he's had a great run in the WWE. I think we saw it over the last few months. They have nothing left for him. They really don't. So if Daniel Bryan wants to continue wrestling, and he can still wrestle, he's still really good at it, and he still wants to be out there, I am hoping he jumps to AEW because is it partially a rip on WWE creative? Sure. But I also take a step back and say, all right, is there anything left? You know, is there really any other feud we need to see? Is there any other angle that works? He played the underdog role so well. He's not that guy anymore. You know, and I think he even sensed a little bit from the crowd. People love Daniel Bryan, but not to the same extent. Boy, I tell you, he walks into that AEW arena once they start touring. 
Oh, my God. It's going to feel different. I think it would rejuvenate his career. I think it would rejuvenate a lot of us as wrestling fans to see him with feuds like Daniel Bryan, Kenny Omega, things like that. Uh, So I don't think he's going to do it, by the way. I don't think he's going to leave, but I can tell you as a wrestling fan, I hope he does. I just don't think there's anything left for him on Raw and SmackDown. One other thing. All of the announcers suck, okay? It is a group effort now. uh, Adnan... I think this is not, I forget the guy's name. The new Raw play-by-play announcer. Let me let me look it up so I uh, get his name right. I got to rip him correctly, right? Adnan Verk is his name. Used to be at ESPN. Dude is terrible, all right? It just, it doesn't work. Uh, Brian Saxton, he still is terrible. Uh, Michael Cole has gotten worse. He's gone backwards. And Pat McAfee's got potential, but right now, he sucks too. They're all terrible. Now, I, I want to make something clear. Maybe the reason why I think everybody is terrible is because we hold wrestling broadcasters to very high standards. Jim Ross is the greatest of all time. Gorilla Monsoon was amazing. Bobby Heenan, Jerry Lawler, Jesse the Body Ventura. And the truth is, no one can hold a candle to those guys. But there's something off. And broadcasting and wrestling is really important. You know, you're helping to tell the story. You're adding to a big moment. So look, can Adnan Verk get better? Of course he can. He's only been doing it for a month and a half. So when I say he stinks, I'm saying it right now. Yeah, he stinks in this moment. Just like I just complimented Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler used to be good. He's not good now. When Jerry Lawler does any kind of broadcasting, it's the worst. Same with Michael Cole. I think he's gotten worse. So when I say, hey, Pat McAfee right now is not that good. Adnan Verk is not that good. Byron Saxon is not that good. Dude, that could change in a month. And, and I'm starting to think that if I believe every announcer is terrible, maybe it's not the announcer. Maybe it's me. No, it's not me. I know that. I'm just a wrestling fan. Maybe it's Vince. Maybe it's what they're telling these broadcasters to do. So look. I don't know why everybody sucks. I could try to examine it, but everybody sucks. And I think it's hurting the product. So the announcers need to get better. The storylines need to get better. And we need live crowds. That's pretty negative today. But you know what? I think I should be. I mean, is anyone listening to an instant reaction to WrestleMania backlash saying, oh, you're too harsh. Everything's awesome. This is the greatest that WWE's ever been. Nobody's thinking that. Anyhow, thank you for listening to this instant reaction WrestleMania backlash edition of the Evan Roberts podcast.